you know, Harrison Edwards family, you know, uh, their family's very, very involved. Of course, Travis, who's just up here, is one of our elders. Uh, he did come to the youth event we hosted last night, which I was shocked to see. First of all, if there is a good excuse in the world for not showing up to something church-related, having a broken neck is like right up there. And then Harrison is there, and we're just like, wow, this is just unbelievable, first of all. So I just want you to think next week, or if you're listening online because you stayed home because you have a little tummy ache, just remember Harrison still gets up and goes to church with a broken neck. But uh, one of the things, we were just talking to him. Of course, he's had to answer these same questions again and again, you know. So he's sitting there, we're like, how does it feel? What's it like? You know, and he's totally, you know, happy just to, you know, tell us everything that's going on. But we're like, so what kind of restrictions? And literally, this is true. So Harrison isn't out of the woods yet because he does stuff like this. We're like, Harrison, what's restrictions? He's like, well, I'm not supposed to do this and this. And we're like, stop moving. Stop. None of us are qualified to handle whatever is going to happen here. Stop doing it. So uh, we want to pray for Harrison, <laughs> bottom line. Still a request, still a need. Uh, but we are like, honestly, I just, aren't you thankful to be uh, at a church where, where the parent of, of, of a young man who broke his neck a week ago can get up here on stage and praise God? Aren't you happy to be at a church like that? I mean, that, I'm so thankful that we have uh, good leaders, but we have just good people in this church that are such a good example for the, for the way that we handle life and the way that we handle life's ups and downs. So we thank you, uh, we thank you for the, the Edwards family. Um, we're, we're grateful for you guys, and we're grateful that Harrison is, is still around. Um, all right, John chapter 10, verse 27. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I'm going to um, ask that you kind of come along with me because I have two premises, premises uh, that I, I just want to, I, I don't want to like dig down and try to build up a whole argument for why I think these are true. So I'm just going to ask you, and you can think about them later, write them down, see if you really think about them. But I'm going to ask you to kind of go along with me. Uh, there's two premises that I want us to kind of agree on as we build on this topic uh, that we're going to talk about, this brand new series that we're going to get into. And so you, you may feel like I'm just not sure about that, but just hold off, just kind of assume this is true for now, study it later, come back and tell me what you think. But, but the first premise that I, I kind of want us just to believe is that Jesus speaks. That's not crazy or, or far out there, but that Jesus speaks. And we could talk about all kinds of, you know, ways that that might happen and whether or not you hear voices or whether or not he speaks through your relationships with, with godly people and whether or not it's through your daily devotions or reading the Bible, things like that. But, but the premise is Jesus speaks. And I, I think that that's pretty safe, right? We can all agree on that. And, and I think that for a lot of us, the way that this works is, is it's not just one thing. It's not just one means of communication. So uh, maybe you've had an experience like this, and it doesn't have to be this exact scenario, but maybe it's something like this has happened to you. You know, maybe you're out to dinner with your spouse, and you guys are having a conversation, and you're telling uh, your, your spouse uh, how somebody at work just kind of uh, got really upset and flew off the handle over the smallest detail, and, and she's sitting across the table from you, or he's sitting across the table from you, and it's kind of a little silent, and you're like, well, what are you thinking? And you're like, and they say something like, well, you know, sometimes you get a little worked up about silly things too. And you respond, I never get upset about silly things. What are you talking about? That's ridiculous, you know. 
and your spouse just, you know, puts this idea out there that maybe there's something going on in your life with anger, your, your ability, inability to kind of to, 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 to take things well. Um, and then you kind of ignore that, but, but a few days later, you're just scrolling through Facebook, and somebody posted an article, and you didn't even read the article, right? You don't need to read the article. It's all in the headline. And in the headline, it says something along the lines of, uh, uh, you know, people who lose their temper are 30% more likely to die of a heart attack. And, and, and in the back of your mind, what your wife said a couple days ago kind of comes into your brain just a little bit, and you're like, I wonder, does my heart feel a little strained? I, but I don't lose my temper. That's not me. That's not me. And so you kind of forget what your wife said. You kind of forget get that article, and then maybe a few days later you're putting your children to bed, and, uh, and they ask, can they watch one more episode of Barney or whatever it is uh, that's popular right now? I, I should know. I have small kids. But whatever it is, it's very popular, and your kid's like, no, I'm not going to go to bed. And they throw themselves on the floor, and they have a fit. And you're like, where, where did they get that? Who, wh- why are they doing that? Who did they learn that from? And then you think about uh, a week ago what your wife said, and you think about that article, and you're like, no, 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 it's not me. I don't have an anger problem. That's not me. That's not, that's not what's going on here. And then maybe you get to church on Sunday, and the preacher gets up to preach, and he opens up the Bible, and he says, today we're going to read a verse out of Ephesians, and it's going to be, uh, you know, in your anger, do not sin. And you look over at your wife, and you're like, you called the preacher and had him preach a sermon at me? I mean, that is too far. That is too far. And you don't say anything to her because you've got to keep it together during the service, but you go right up to the preacher afterwards and you say, did my wife put you up to that sermon? And the preacher says, yeah, it's kind of like a jukebox up here. Whatever people want me to say, we just, we just say it. No! The preacher says something like, maybe, maybe the Spirit of God is communicating something to you. So when you think about what your spouse has said and maybe something you read or, or, or what your child is doing or what's happening on a Sunday morning or in a class, is it possible, is it possible that maybe Jesus is trying to say something to you? Now, how does Jesus speak? I don't know, but is it possible that Jesus is kind of using all the tools in his toolbox to tell you if he had your email or phone number, he'd probably just give you a call, but is it possible he's using the tools in his tool, toolbox to speak to you? To tell you, hey, you've got something you need to deal with. Jesus is trying to speak to us. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Oh, that's great. Jesus speaks. All right, we can kind of get there and agree with that. Maybe you feel like he speaks to you through your morning devos or he speaks to you only through sermons or he speaks to you by podcasts or videos or whatever. But Jesus speaks. That's the premise, first premise. The second premise that I think that is important for us to understand when we're talking about this, is that we're not great at listening. We're not great at listening. Got a lot fewer amens on that one. You've got, well, I'm a great listener. Sure, yeah, sure you are. All right, people that have to say they're a great listener. We're not great at listening. And, and this is especially true for me, and I apologize to all of you with whom I've had conversations and you haven't had my undivided attention. I mean, you know who you are. You've had those conversations with me and then Patrick's just like gone and like, hey, I was in the middle of a sentence. I apologize. I'm not, I'm not a great listener. You know, this isn't me saying, hey, do what I do at all. But I think to varying degrees, we all struggle with listening. Our minds get preoccupied. We're thinking about other stuff. We're stressed by other stuff. We're not great listeners. And this is the, listening to Jesus is no exception. Listening to the way Jesus communicates is no exception. We're not great at listening. I want you to just kind of imagine a hypothetical with me for a second. Now, imagine Jesus had a podcast. I don't know if very many of you listen to podcasts. Uh, but, I mean, imagine Jesus 
every week recorded a podcast. I mean, it would shoot up the iTunes charts, right? You would download that thing every week and you'd be like, what does Jesus have to say to me this week? I'm so excited. I mean, imagine he had a a series of videos on YouTube. Those should be the most watched videos in the world. Like Jesus is getting up and he's got a blackboard behind him and he's like, today we're going to talk about love and he goes through the whole thing. I mean, if Jesus had a means of direct communication like that, we would listen, right? We would tune into Jesus. Jesus would be at the top of the charts if he was like speaking directly to humans, right? We would listen. In John chapter 10, just a few verses earlier than the verse we read, it says in verse 24, the Jews who were there gathered around him, this is Jesus, saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus is there. This is not a podcast. This is not a YouTube video. Jesus is there, and he's speaking to them. He's been walking around talking to them, and they're like, Jesus, just tell us. We just want to know, are you the Messiah, or are you not? Tell us plainly. Verse 25, Jesus answered, I did tell you. I am right here speaking to you, but you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they testify about me. That's not the only way he's been communicating, but they testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. Because my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Before Karina and I were married, we were dating, which is a good thing to do before you get married. But um, before we were even dating, I guess, actually even going back a little further, before we were even dating, I... I'm a, I'm a super coward when it comes to, like, putting my feelings out there and, like, letting, you know, if I'm dating someone, I don't really want to make myself open and vulnerable. So I liked this girl, but I didn't want to let her know that I liked her because what if she didn't reciprocate? I would be devastated and it would be awful and embarrassing. So I didn't want to put out there that I like you. Uh, what I wanted was you to put out there that you like me, and then I could respond to that, Right? Very courageous. That's what all women are looking for in a guy, right? So, uh, I mean, we went, I don't know how long. I mean, of course, there's all the, the, the flirting and all the subtext and all that. And I'm sure everybody around us is like rolling their eyes. But I didn't know. I wanted to go up to Kareen and say, Kareen, if you like me, tell me plainly. I can't interpret the signs. I don't know. Just tell me. And I didn't have a good way to do that, and I just was trying to figure out, like, how do I figure this out? How do I know? I don't want to put myself out there. How do, I, how do I get her to tell me? And so finally I thought, well, you know, maybe the thing to do is don't say anything about how I feel. Just go up to her and say, do you like me? And that way I've kind of got my basis covered. Because if she responds and she says, like you, <laughs> no, as a friend, and I was like, oh, yeah, me too. That's, that's, that's all I was thinking. Just wanted a DTR, right? That's not, didn't want anything else. So I did, I, uh, I, I go up to her, I find her, you know, this perfect moment, she's not around anybody else, and I go up to Karina and I say, uh, so, uh, just wondering, just thinking out loud a little bit here, just got a quick question for you, I want to run something by you, you know, beat around the bush, here's the bush, and here's Patrick, and uh, <laughs> finally I said, I, I finally said, so, uh, do you like me? Now, I thought that's foolproof, right? She can say yes or she can say no. I mean, either I'm devastated for the rest of my life or, like, life is great. There's only two options. Except, and this is the amazing thing about this kind of stuff, you know, except she looks at me directly in the eye and she says, you are so oblivious. (laughs) 
And it's a perfect thing. It's a perfect thing to respond to because it is absolutely true because I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> I'm still, like, confused. You are so oblivious. Evidently, it meant that she had been putting the, the signs down and I wasn't picking them up. I just wanted her to tell me plainly she had put the information out there and I just wasn't figuring it out. And the, 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 the people who are around Jesus kind of felt the same way. If you're the Messiah, please just tell me plainly. And Jesus says, listen, if you really cared about the Messiah, you would know. You would know. You would be picking up what I'm putting down. And because you can't hear me, you're not my sheep. You're not my followers. Kind of a first century metaphor that they understood. You're not my followers. I've been giving you signs. I've been making it clear. I've been telling you plainly. Earlier, in, in two chapters earlier, in John 8, 43, this is what he says. He's talking again to the Pharisees, and he just, they're just having communication problems. They needed to go to a therapist. And he finally says, and this is Jesus finally says, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Think about this. Jesus, the ultimate teacher, the perfect teacher. A uh, little side benefit, he knows everything. How good would that look on a resume? Knows everything. Yeah, this is Jesus, perfect teacher, infinitely patient, infinitely kind. It didn't matter who his audience was. He didn't need educated people to understand what he was saying. And there were people who could not get it. There were people who could not figure out what Jesus was saying. I mean, because if anyone could say just the right thing in just the right way, it's Jesus. And so here's what I'm telling you. If Jesus had a podcast, if Jesus had a video series, there's still times where we would be like, I'm just not sure, Jesus. And it has nothing to do with how well Jesus is speaking, with how well he's communicating. It has to do with us. You probably had an experience like this. Let's flip this scenario around just a little bit. Maybe you have a friend that is making textbook bad decisions. There's a manual out there, and they are just following the checklist for things that you should not do. And you can see it clearly, and their mom can see it clearly, and their siblings can see it clearly, and their friends can see it clearly, but they're just going down the list making bad decisions. And their mom has tried to intervene, and they didn't listen. And their friends have tried to intervene, and they didn't listen. And their therapist has tried to intervene, and they didn't listen. And so finally, as a last-ditch effort, you take them out to cough, and you say, I gotta talk. And you sit down across the table from that person, and you're trying to explain to them that they've got to change things. They've got to turn their lives around. And you can just see it. It's in their body language. It's in their face. It is not getting through. Nobody's getting through to them. And it's nothing to do with the message. It's with the recipient. Their heart is not prepared to hear what is being spoken. Even Jesus wasn't able to get through to some people. Now, this raises a question for me that I think is pretty important. If Jesus were speaking to me, If he were speaking to me, would I listen? Well, of course. Of course I would listen. It's Jesus. I would do whatever he said. And and this is why I think that we really got to talk about this. Because it's not really that, that we don't read the Bible or that we don't know what we should be doing or don't know what we shouldn't be doing. But the problem is, is that Jesus is talking to us and we're not great at listening. Even Jesus couldn't get through to some people. And so here's what I want to do in, 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 in the remaining time that we have. I want to look at John 10, 27 as a promise and a process. John 10, 27, a promise and a process. 
We just want to walk through this passage a little bit and just try to think about, like, is Jesus talking to me? And if that's true, am I listening? A promise and a process. Number one, my sheep. First part, my sheep. That's us. Yay, we get to be sheep in this scenario. This is a metaphor that Jesus used fairly often. He said he was the good shepherd. I think it's probably a callback to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus was claiming that role for himself. But he's saying, my sheep, people who, who want to hear me, listen to me. And, and, it's, and it's essentially saying, if you, if you are interested in truth, you are going to listen to me. There's no secret code there's no hidden language. There's no special lingo that you have to learn. People who want to hear will hear. So the question is, simply, do we want to hear Jesus? Yes, of course. Of course we do, right? Of course you do. Of course you have questions in your life right now and you want to hear Jesus. You want Jesus to speak truth in your life, right? Of course. I, uh, I was reading this article about things that people leave at airports. And it's just shocking to me what people will show up to an airport with thinking that they're just going to take that onto the plane, right? Every time we go on a mission trip with uh, the youth group, there's a half dozen people who are like, oh, I didn't realize I couldn't bring my bottle of water filled with water. They just take all that stuff. I didn't realize I couldn't bring my hunting knife. You know, sorry, you can't, you can't bring it. But it's the crazy stuff that really gets me. And uh, one of them that I read, they were going through this list of things, and you could just see all the things that, that people had left. And one of them, someone had left. This is true. I'm not making this up. You can look this up if you want. They had left a tombstone at the airport. Now, somebody, I just love this idea, somebody was in line <laughs> walking up to security with their tombstone, right? I don't know what had happened in their life. I don't know whose tombstone it was. And they get to the front of the security and they try to put that tombstone on the conveyor belt to go through the scanner. And the people are like, no, you can't, you can't bring a tombstone. Well, it's not on the list. We didn't anticipate somebody as dumb as you. That's the problem. Now it's going to be on the list. Thanks a lot. Now, my, I, I mean, and, and this is a little off topic, but I just was thinking about this. I was like, so did that person get wherever they were going? And did they all get to the graveside service? And they're all standing around real somberly, paying remembrances to whoever it was. And did, and did somebody look up and said, hey, uh, who, who was supposed to bring the tombstone? And you're sitting there like patting your pockets like, oh, I thought I had it. <gasps> Airport security, I left it. But um, the, the, the best thing about this tombstone is the inscription. The inscription on the tombstone, it read, this is the tombstone that somebody left in an airport. <clears throat> you will always be remembered, never forgotten. <laughs> we all have the best intentions. We do. Oh, yeah, I would listen to Jesus. I always want to do the right thing. It's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm tuned in, Jesus. But I think we need to ask this question a little bit differently. Do we want to hear Jesus? Of course. Do we want to hear Jesus really? Really? Because he would speak some truth into your lives. He would tell you some things about yourself that you may not want to hear. He would ask you to do some things that maybe you're not mentally prepared to do. Do you want to hear Jesus really? Second part of this verse. My sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I was at uh, Target the other day, and I end up going there way up more often than necessary because I'm always forgetting something. Uh, but as I was walking down one of the aisles, you, I saw that familiar scenario play out where a mom was busy looking at something, and her toddler was running away from her, and the mom wanted the toddler to come back. And so the mom repeatedly said, come back. I don't remember the baby's name. don't remember if it was a boy or a girl. Come back, come back. And the baby wasn't. The little toddler wasn't. And so the mom started doing the countdown thing, right? You've all, we've 
we've all seen that. Some, some of you probably em- employ that. But I, I'm walking by, and, uh, you know, I'm, I have enough of a walk, you know, 20, 30 feet, that I can kind of see some of this scenario unfold. And as it begins to unfold, I'm kind of intrigued, so I start to walk closer, then pretend to look at something nearby, because I want to see how this plays out. Now, what happened was, now, I'm no parenting expert, but the mom made a couple critical mistakes in my estimation, because the baby's running uh, away from her, and the mom starts counting. And the first mistake she made is she started counting with, she started with the number five. Now, that is way too high. It's not like a baby's super fast, but a baby can be a cross target by the time you get down to one. That is way too much time. You can't start at five. You've got to start at like three. Start at two. Honestly, if we're good parents, it should be one or zero, right? We're just, bam, like obedience. But she started at five, and so I stopped because, I mean, and it's a slow count. Five. Four. Like, this isn't a rocket launch, lady. Just get your kid. The kid's, of course, running away further down the road. But the second thing, and this was interesting, and I, I've kind of heard this before, because mom, now, mom starts to get down to, she gets down to one. I'm, you know, pretending to look at something. over. Mom gets down to one. Now, I'm curious, what happens at one? What transpires? What takes place when you get to one? Now, this is a toddler. This kid can't be more than maybe a year old. And mom gets down to one. She's still doing her thing, looking at whatever she's looking at. Um, and then she, <laughs> then she goes, half of one? Come on, mom. And I, I promise you, I'm not making this up. And then she said, next, quarter of one? Your child evidently doesn't know counting but knows fractions now? Like, how, this is never going to work. Here is a child who is not listening to their mom's voice. The voice of the toy section. The voice of whatever's going on over there. The voice of freedom. Those are the voices that the child is listening to. And it has nothing to do with the mom's voice. But Jesus says, my sheep, listen to my voice. The world is a noisy place. There are a lot of of principles out there masquerading as truth that compete for our attention. You have to look and dress a certain way. You have to have hit this trajectory in your life. These are the, the benchmarks for whether you not, or not you're successful. And if you're not hitting those, you're feeling like, well, I'm not, I'm not successful. I must not be doing good. And these voices of, of insecurity and self-doubt start creeping into your brain. There are all these voices out in the world. Your, your life, you need to have a certain income. You need to dress a certain way. You need to have a certain lifestyle. There's all these voices. There's all these voices competing for our attention. And the problem is, is we try to multitask with Jesus. We try to take some of this and some of this and meld it into something. And what ends up happening is we're just not listening to Jesus at all. It's like taking a child to Chuck E. Cheese and they've got a quarter. And then you're you're like, all right, let's talk about some serious thing. And the kid's just like overwhelmed with all the different options. But there's so many voices out there. There's whatever voice you want to hear. You can go to Barnes & Noble and buy a book that supports whatever voice you want to hear, whatever truth you want to believe. You can follow your truth, some of the books say. Whatever voice you want to hear is out there. You can find a video, you can find a podcast that just affirms that voice. There's even religious voices that will bend scriptures in a way that you like to hear them bent. When it comes to, to voices, when it comes to influence, it's a buyer's market. The issue is hearing the voice of Jesus means neglecting 
the other voices around us. And they're shouting for our attention, but they're lesser. I just want to say we can hear truth in a variety of ways. It doesn't have to be on Sunday morning at church. It doesn't have to be just directly through Scripture. We hear truth for a variety of ways, but hearing the voice of Jesus means neglecting those other voices, tuning them out and focusing on what we're hearing from Him. There's no multitasking with Jesus. There's no editing with Jesus. We just hear Him or we don't. So the question is, are we intentionally neglecting the lesser voices shouting for our attention? Thirdly, I know them. I know them. I'm not going to spend much time talking about this, but I think it's a beautiful sentiment. If you've ever talked to a salesperson that was trying to get you to buy a product, or if you've ever um, you know, been on a, a customer service call where they couldn't care less about you, they just want, you know, they want to hit their quota, so they're just trying to move through. They don't, they're not, they don't care about you. They're not paying attention to you. And I, I get when Jesus is saying, I know them, he's saying the opposite of that. He's not trying to put you through some sort of mass marketing system. He's not just trying to get you to buy a product. He knows you. He's speaking to you. What he's, what he's communicating is tailored for your needs. I know them. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm trustworthy. I'm not trying to sell anything. Learn from me, for I am meek and I am gentle and I'm humble and you will find rest for your souls. So I think the question is, do we have, do we trust that Jesus has our best interests in mind? Finally, final verse, they follow me, they follow me. My sheep, they listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Here's where I think this gets really interesting, and I guess by interesting I mean it should get a little convicting for us, because I think that for most of us in this room right here, most of us who are Jesus followers, some of you who are not, maybe you're not there yet, but most of us know exactly what Jesus is telling us to do. I could give you 30 seconds of silence and you would be like, I know exactly what I need to work on. I know I, know I need to work on my patience or generosity or kindness. I need to know I need to work on my worry. I just get so stressed. I know I need to work on how I treat my husband or wife. I know I need to work on how I treat my, my parents. I know I need to work on my, my thought life. You probably, you probably know, given just a few seconds, you know exactly what you need to think about, what you need to work on, what Jesus is telling you to do. So for a lot of us, the issue isn't that we don't hear the voice of Jesus. We just don't want to do it. We know what we should be doing. We're just not doing it. It's not that there's confusion like, oh, God, please tell me what to do. Yeah, be nice to people around you. Stop being a jerk. It's not like Jesus is, you know, there's, there's any confusion about that. The issue isn't that we don't hear the voice of Jesus. We just don't want to do it we got to cut loose those ties with our finances and actually finally be generous. God's been asking us to. He's been giving us opportunities to. we got to cut loose those ties. we got to stop. we got to swallow our pride and confess a sin to our husband or wife. It's hard. It is hard to do. We know we should. We're just not doing it. We've got to stop trying to get the last word in every time we have an argument with someone and just love people. We've got whatever it is. You've got, some of it, it could be like, you've just got to accept that God forgives you, and that's true. And you just can't accept that. That's so hard, because you've heard negative voices. Your parents, the people around you have been critical and mean-spirited, and you just can't accept that God just truly, uh, without exception, loves you. He's been telling you plainly, we just don't want to listen. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. 
and they follow me. So I want to wrap up by just asking this question. We started a new series this morning called Voices, and today we're talking about the voice of Jesus, and we're going to talk about the voice in our heads next week. We're going to talk about the voice of the crowd following that, and we're going to talk about the voice of Satan uh, on the fourth week. But, but the idea is, is that we, Jesus is speaking to you. Like he's, you. There's something in your mind right now, and you're trying to push it out. There's something going on. The Spirit, I just, I absolutely believe the Spirit of God is communicating to you right now. You might be like, wow, this is so boring. Jesus is still communicating to you. Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to be thinking about, oh, you know what? There's that thing. And then you're going to just push it right out of your mind as you occupy yourself with the business of the day. You're going to distract yourself from what Jesus is calling you to do. You know what that's called? It's called disobedience. We're the little child running away from the voice of Jesus. And Jesus isn't counting down. He's just calling us. He's saying, I love you. I want to transform you because it's good for you. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It's good for you. And we're pushing that voice away. I, I believe that. So what I want to ask you today as we wrap up this morning is what is the voice of Jesus saying to you? Let's listen and let's follow. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so grateful to, to know that you are um, alive, that, that you were real, that you died, were buried, but rose again, and you are a, a living God that we follow. You're a living God that interacts with the world and interacts with our lives. Lord, I have to believe that your spirit is at work convicting people of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, but God, I pray that we would listen, that we would tune in. Lord, we distract ourselves with so many things. We listen to other voices. We try to push uh, your truth out of our mind because it's hard it's convicting it's tough and so god i pray i pray for the courage to respond to your call in whatever way whether it's repentance whether it's confession whether it's whether it's a, a, a huge change that we need to make or whether it's a small thing that we need to do i pray that we would have the courage to follow your voice today it's in jesus name we pray amen